Welcome to the 150th episode of the Young Turks Podcast from the Viner Fourgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about all about the Terps loss to Ohio State and everything that went on around that event of um, an officiating debacle. We'll call it that. That's a certainly way to frame it. But before we really get started, Mason, I think we got to take a minute. We are at 150 episodes of this podcast. Yes, we are. And that, that's an accomplishment. And, and thanks for all of you guys that have been here from the beginning or those of you that are just... Uh, finding this podcast for for making it a possibility and of course to our sponsor allied party rentals for uh, sticking with us this long yeah um i i'll be honest i'm i really did not think we'd get this far when we got started but i'm uh i'm proud of the work we do mason and i hope we get 150 more yeah here's to 150 more and before we get to um i guess the first of the next 150 this podcast is brought to you by as always allied party rentals for all of your party rental needs Allied is your place to go. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turf Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, contact Allied at 301-986-0067. Rentals.com. Jordan, after the Terrapin Rundown. We're going to start things off on today's on-rev report, as always. The number seven Lady Terps are absolutely on fire right now. The team won 106-69 to at Penn State uh, last weekend with six players in double figures led by Stephanie Jones, who recorded a double-double. Uh, the Terps also took down Wisconsin. Um, I'm actually not sure on the day of this. I think Thursday night on the road, 85-56, with another five players in double figures. Uh, uh, Maryland's women's basketball is just on fire right now. They're absolutely on fire. They could get a number one seed this rate. Uh, but they will round out their home schedule with Purdue on senior night tomorrow. Yeah, and um, the Terps are red hot going into the Big Ten tournament. They are not locked into the number one spot yet. Northwestern and the Terps uh, tied atop the uh, Big Ten on the women's side. Uh, different story for Northwestern on the men's side, but let's get to the uh, Wildcats on the mat. They took on the uh, wrestling Terps. Yeah, uh, the Terps lost to number 24 Northwestern 37 to, uh, sorry, 37 to 9 last Sunday. As part of the Beauty and the Beast event, uh, the Terps also lost their last two matches of the season against Ryder and George Mason over the weekend. So wrestling will end the season 2-17 and 17 on something like a nine-game losing streak. And I saw the stat, and if I'm wrong out there, uh, I forgive, you, uh, forgive me, but wrestling has not won a Big Ten match in four years now. I don't know about that one. Um, obviously, I feel I feel like I heard, saw that somewhere. I could be wrong, but I know it's been a while now. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. Honestly, wrestling has been struggling uh, pretty much since they joined this conference. Obviously, a large change. Turfs uh, near top tier there at the end of the McCoy years in the ACC, uh, but the Big Ten's a different animal when it comes to wrestling, and, and it just shows. That's that's the sport that has really been hurt the most by this. A change in conference. Yeah, I could, uh, I definitely see that argument. Um, on to gymnastics, though, uh, also had a really rough weekend. Um, they fared better than most uh, than the wrestling team did during the Beast event, at least. Uh, they defeated Rutgers by a score of one ninety seven point seven five zero to one ninety four, um, but they had their second worst score of the season um, at the um, Elevate the Stage event in Toledo, which was a big meet. It's four, five Big Ten teams. And uh, the Terps lost to all of them. 
so they got four losses from the one bad score. That's just how gymnastics works, but it really tanks their uh, national ranking. Yeah, it does. That's a little bit disappointing to see uh, Terps next host the Terrapin Invitational on uh, March 1st. Yeah, so hopefully they can uh, get some wins back, but that really does, uh, that really sucks. Uh, tennis, the tennis turf split the weekend with a 1-4 to four loss to James Madison and a 4 to nothing win against you, Rich Mary Washington. Mason, I looked up where Mary Washington is. Did Do you have any guess before I tell you? It was somewhere in Virginia. A little bit vague, but I guess you're technically correct. They are in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and uh, they beat them 4 to nothing. I think I may have already said that. But tennis, I mean... Look, it, it was a rough year last year. They're still in the win column in terms of, I guess, pl- win plus minus. So for now, I'm taking the wins when I can get them. Yeah, and that, that's the only thing you can do. The, their next match will be against the uh, Howard Bison uh, on March 7th, uh, a little bit from the lacrosse field. The number four, now number nine, Mar- Maryland women's lacrosse team lost their second straight game for the first time under Coach Kathy Reese, 19-6 to on the road Saturday and Jordan put it best on the note sheet here. Yikes. And that would be right. Uh, Jordan, quick guess here. Terps, biggest margin of loss in the history of the program before Saturday. Um, seven. I'm going to say seven goals. It was six. Now 13. Ooh. Yeah, that 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 was a – I did actually manage to catch some of that. The game was on, uh, I believe, ESPN Plus or something like that. But that was a massacre against the Tar Heels. Um, I have, yeah, I was gonna say I'd never seen either lacrosse team lose that badly. Yeah, I mean it just doesn't happen. It's as simple as that. It's never happened before. I don't know where they go uh, as a program and as a team. A little bit of soul searching uh, to do here. The Florida team that the Terps lost to last weekend got beat seventeen to nine, I think, against Loyola. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the exact scores either. To six, but a loss for uh, the team that just toppled the Terps to a Loyola program that's n- not the best in women's lacrosse. Uh, uh, Maryland might be in for a rough year, especially with Michigan being a top 10 team uh, in the Big Ten along with Northwestern. Yeah, and it doesn't get any easier for the Lady Terps. Um, they placed number four Syracuse on the road on Saturday. Um, so I'm a little bit cautious now, but I, I do have faith. Kathy Reese, in my opinion, is the greatest women's lacrosse coach of all time. I, I think she might be able to turn around still. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that the Terps, uh, one, have the talent to turn it around, two, have the coaching and and pedigree as an overall program that they refuse to lose. Uh, they are going to be in the conversation this year. It's just a matter of they they got to pull it together somewhere uh, right around now because, as you said, you know the schedule never holds back. So they have to find a way to adjust here and adjust quickly, score from Florida – uh, Loyola had it right on my second attempt, 17-6, to six, the Greyhounds took down the Gators. Oh, on to the softball diamond. Uh, softball ended the ACC Big Ten Challenge last weekend with a 10-9 win over Pitt to advance a 2-7. Uh, the team traveled to Georgia Southern this weekend to pers- pers- participate in the Eagle Round Robin. Uh, they scored wins over Furman and Evansville, suffered a defeat to Monmouth, and ended with a win over horse- host Georgia Southern. Uh, so a little bit of a turnaround. Um, tough start for the season for the softball Terps, but they got a little bit of momentum going. Yeah, and that that's good to see. A rough start to the season, but, you know, a little bit of something here to build on uh, as we get closer to March. On the baseball diamond, the t- baseball has started off 3-0 and on the season, picking up win number three against College of Charleston, 4-2 to in 10 innings. 
Uh, this weekend, the Terps hosted a three-gamer against Rhode Island. Maryland won the first game 9-3, to lost the second 11-8, to and took the third 3 to nothing. Uh, the Terps will face George Mason in uh, one-gamer tomorrow before traveling to uh, Coastal Carolina this upcoming weekend. Yeah, a good start for uh, baseball, 5-1 and one on the uh, season so far. And just got to keep the good times rolling. They trap uh, – yeah, Coastal Carolina – as far as I know, is a pretty decent baseball program, so hopefully they can keep it going. Well, yeah, they won the national championship. What was that two years ago? Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. So yeah, the big game, big series coming up then. Yeah, and now on to the uh, lacrosse field as we wrap it up here uh, on the Terrapin Rundown. Thirteen to twelve loss at Villanova this past weekend. Um, these games where the Terps down six at times, down seven at times, just not able to claw back all the way. Uh, last shot, I believe, by Logan Wisnowskis did not hit the back of the net. Terps lose uh, their first game of the season on the road to Villanova. Villanova, giant slayer program. Not not that surprised that this one went uh, the way it did. Uh, the Terps, on the other hand, s- swept uh, Big Ten Player of the Week awards. Jared Bernhardt earned his second career Offensive Player of the Week award. Midfielder Matt Rahill picked up Defensive Player of the Week. Chris Brandau uh, in the goal, Specialist of the Week. And uh, Daniel Maltz. Uh, brother of Dylan Maltz, former Terp that was part of the uh, DMC package with Colin Heacock and Matt Rambo. He won Freshman of the Week. Uh, also, Jared Bernhardt was one of 20 student-athletes chosen as a candidate for the 2020 Senior Class Award from the NCAA. The award is given to any NCAA D1 athlete senior that has achievements in their community, classroom, character, and competition. Uh, great to see that for Jared Bernhardt, who will be hopefully continuing his NCAA career as a football player next year, Jordan. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, well, we see Pat Spencer doing it in basketball for Northwestern, so we definitely know it's possible. Yeah, and Jared Bernhardt, state champion uh, down here in Florida as a triple option quarterback, I believe. I did not know that. Um, interesting little tidbit there. Uh, the Navy game that was supposed to be held last weekend was postponed due to the Navy team uh, getting sick. So what's next for lacrosse, Mason? Well, Jordan, I'm uh, not so sure, actually, but, you know, uh, Coach Tillman, and especially the schedule this year for the Terps, uh, there are no breaks this year, Jordan, but um, I'll have to uh, get a check-in on who's up next for Maryland. I already got it here. Uh, it's the Irish coming to College Park. And there it Hello? is, Jordan. That one uh, not going to be an easy one for the Terps. Last year, a uh, game out there in South Bend uh, got moved inside because of the snow. Terps end up losing one sidelines. Weren't up to standard. Uh, a little bit some rule changes need to be applied, but uh, the Terps looking to get some payback for what I believe was a one-goal loss. Well, hopefully they get some revenge. That should be a good one. Always good to see the Terps play another lacrosse powerhouse. Uh, so some other news items. Anthony Cowan won last week's Big Ten Player of the Week for the third time this season. Um, on some other basketball news, there has finally... My prayers have been answered. There's a UMD alumni team confirmed for the basketball tournament, the event that uh, ESPN puts on every year. Uh, confirmed members are Richard Pack, Mello Trimble, Robert Carter, and Des Wells, and I am super psyched up for this. Yeah, as am I. More to see uh, where Des and, and Mello sit. Uh, Mello obviously being one of the best players in Australia right now. Uh, Des Wells kind of bouncing around international G League uh, but two guys that really kind of flew under the radar, Robert Carter, a uh, guy that the Warriors selected or were picked up. Uh, haven't heard much from him yet. I believe he was playing in Greece at one point. And then Rashard Pack, a guy who's really defensive-oriented, 
uh, for the Terps on the floor now having to kind of step into a bigger role in this uh, four-man squad or right or what is right now a four-man squad uh, more players to come yeah um Richard Pack was maybe the most successful grad transfer that we've had at Maryland since Turgeon took over uh, or probably Sheed I forgot Rashid's who mom was technically a grad transfer but that was a fun team and I liked Richard Pack a lot when he played I know he's played a big part in getting this team together so uh thank him for that um on the women's basketball side, Angel Reese, the highly, highly uh, touted recruit out of Baltimore, was named a finalist for the Naismith High School Player of the Year Award, uh, the highest honor of high school basketball. This, I mean, the hype he's voting for her, she is the biggest recruit in Maryland women's basketball history. Yeah, that, that one flying around a lot, uh, uh, around Reese, and... Um... One thing that you can say is there's a lot of talent coming into this women's basketball program. The way they finished this season, you know, a disappointing start for them, as everyone knew, being in the Final Four conversation at the beginning of the season, then falling completely out of it, uh, now working their way back up into the top ten. Really bright future there for Brenda and her squad, as always. And then on the immense side, the Terps land their second member of the 2020 freshman class. Jordan, a point guard for Mark Turgeon to uh, give the ball to, and it is Aquan Smart. Yeah, uh, Quan Smart, a unranked point guard from the Chicagoland area. Um, he was previously committed to mid-major power East Tennessee State before um, dropping it when he heard Maryland could be interested. But, look, I'm not going to lie. This is a weird situation. Uh, Quan has zero interest from a- anyone remotely close to Maryland's caliber. Like, not power, not power six school, not anything, like not even a really big mid-major. I guess East Tennessee State kind of counts, but they're not even like in the Mountain West or anything. Um, but from what I've seen, I've only I've seen some highlight clips from him. I've seen a little bit of tape from him. He is an athletic kid. I mean, he has that basketball-style build with the long arms, long legs. He can dunk at 6'3 pretty easily. Um, I'm hoping, and it does kind of look realistic that he's just under the radar because he does have that a lot of those athletic traits you like to see in your guards. But it's a weird situation here. We've never had anybody like this commit to Maryland. Well, that's not true. Ricky Lindo kind of one of those guys. But Lindo was yeah, but Ricky, also – hold on. Okay, okay. He was also expected to uh, make that jump in, in the prep school year. He had Ivy League interests from Harvard. Who's fairly – I mean, they, they pull some players. And uh, this one, though, I will agree with you a little bit out there. Yeah, well, I'm not going to write him off, obviously. I think that – we may find a diamond in the rough here. And you do hear about players fairly often, especially in the Big Ten, that didn't have a lot of hype coming in to make impact players, but make, become impact players, sorry. But I'm going to say that I don't expect Equan to get on the court much his freshman year, especially with Marcus Dockery also coming in. But I think he could develop into a uh, pl- big-time player for the Terps. But we'll see what happens. This is only the second member of the class, and still no big men coming in, although we have all heard, I assume, the rumors that Maryland's being really active on the grad transfer market or expected to be once the yep. season wraps up. So yep. we'll see what happens, but it's good to see at least we're filling in some scholarship spots because we have quite a few open ones right now. Yeah, and this is a guy where the only question that I think you can really ask about him is, is can he play point guard? Yeah, that's a valid question, and I don't... I haven't watched enough tape to really enter that, and I don't think we're really going to know until maybe his sophomore, junior year at Maryland. Well, I think if he can play point guard, he's going to be on the floor next season. That's very possible. And um, I mean, if you look at what... We'll the... 
I was going to say, we'll see what Marcus Dockery can do once he gets here, because he's definitely the point guard size range, if not a true point guard. Well, that's but, the thing. Yeah. You know, we need a true point guard, because Ayala's not really a true point guard, and, you know, Sherelle Smith's not really a true point guard. You can go down the list. Uh, there is no true point guard other than maybe Reese Mona uh, on the roster, and, and that's... You know, Reese can give you some minutes. There, there's nothing about that. It's the same thing as Varun Rahm. You just can't have that guy playing point guard the whole game. And then um, we'll move on from this conversation. Definitely going to circle around back to it, though, as this 2020 class develops in, on the basketball side. Uh, one last note on our list here before we talk Terps, Ohio State. Uh, game day coming to College Park this Saturday. Uh, the Terps taking on Michigan State at 8 o'clock. Um, this is the first time game day has come to College Park, although definitely not the first ESPN event to come to College Park. Um, there's Big Monday, I think 2005, during the first, like I guess, trial run of college basketball game day. And then there's Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center at night after Georgetown, which uh, you definitely have to consider as well. But, I mean, game day in its truest form has never been to College Park. Yeah, and it will be there this Saturday. And if you're in the area, please show up. Make sure that Terp Nation hosts these guys well and, and puts on a huge this is kind of Maryland's chance, you know. It's it's a proving ground of Maryland can be a regular host site for this show, and and it's really time if you if you consider yourself a Maryland fan, this this day and this kind of atmosphere in College Park before an eight o'clock game against a team that Maryland fans don't really like, uh, not something that we get much often anymore, Jordan. So show up if you can. Yeah, um, I really wish I was there. I wish I was there so much, um, but I you know we can't be. Neither of us can. I'm sure you'd love to be there too, Mason. Well, I'll be there ne- the next weekend when they take on the Michigan Wolverines. And then oh, true. you and I are heading out to the Big Ten Tournament, so I can't really complain that much about um, being out of town for this. Obviously something that I always wanted to see as a kid growing up, always wanted to be able to go to, especially on the football side, because let's face it, it's a football show. It's just called College Game Day Basketball. It's not really the same. I think no, we all know not. that. But, but um, we're not going to get – we're not getting, getting game day football anytime soon. I kind of doubt it. Um, you know, Minnesota so, got it, so you can't really start saying yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. That's always true. Um, but but some one, one thing I do have to throw out there All right. Oh, before you give out the info is, and Jordan, give him the info. Um, Xfinity, doors center, sorry, Xfinity Center doors will open at 9.30 a.m. Admission is free. Parking is also free. In select lots. In select lots. Yeah, you got to make sure you watch the signs for that one. Um so the program will air from 11 to 12, or 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. I assume that's when they're going to tape it, but I don't know that for sure. Um, well, it's a live show. Will... Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's live. Well, it's on tape. It's on tape delay as all TV is, but okay, there you go. Okay, but uh, I know Wayne will be out there. Uh, he's very excited. This is uh, a complete sellout for Michigan State. Just winning is Minnesota. Minnesota, I will never forget that game where we were, like, number two and we had to play Minnesota on the road, and we lost to them when they hadn't won a Big Ten game that season so far. Like, that was one of the most disappointing Maryland games I've ever seen. That's, like, my permanent impression going to Minnesota. Perception of Minnesota. Uh, you remember that game, Mason? I'm sure you do. Yeah, that that's one of the ones that we kind of throw away, but we always remember. You know, one of those games. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. And I believe, Jordan, that, that has to go on my long list of game reactions that might be to most quite comical. I believe I threw things at the TV that night. I'm not going to say that I did. I'm not going to confirm it right now. But I think I threw multiple things. 
It's possible. We were number six in that game, by the way. Not number two. We were number was, two the week before. You know, that was one of the most ridiculous games I've ever seen. I was about to go off during on a Mason A rant right there. That was the stupidest game I've ever seen. Well, that is the stupid. worst. That is the worst game I've ever seen Maryland play. And That's I'm a talking bold about. Statement. I'm counting the games that they lost by 40 to Duke. They lost to a team. They had, remember, Jordan. I mean, Minnesota was playing a walk-on guy. He wore, like, 24. I think his last name was King. Uh, I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, here's what's up. Minnesota had not won a, a Big Ten game going to that. They were 6-19 and 19 when they played us. Useless. <laughs> absolutely um, useless. Um. Now that we brought up some old uh, old wounds, we can talk about our newest one. I'm not that upset about this Ohio State loss. I'm just gonna get off of that. I am I am a, a furious with the refereeing, but I'm not mad at the team. You know, and when you look at games like this, there there's few words to say other than just like oblivious refereeing. I mean. You could even throw the words of crime against the game of basketball out there. I'm not going to because I think I'm, I don't think it was quite there, but I feel like some people would say that. Yeah. I mean, um, how can you? How does this team have a game? And this is one of those just wacky stats that I hate the most. But I mean, Wiggins gives you 20, Dante Scott gives you 10, Eric Ayala gives you 16, Daryl Morso gives you eight. If you if you hear those numbers, what? Obviously, I didn't say Smith and Cowan. You have to think that Maryland's the game by near 30. Yeah, you would. You would assume that it was a good game and that we had a good performance. But, of course, on purpose, you leave out the fact that Anthony Cowan and Jaden Smith, both of which who have been superstars of late, had both had off nights. Um, yeah, that, that really took some of the wind out of our sails. It was a good first half, but look, there's some things that you can't – like blame the refs on one of which and i know believe me i know that anthony cowan was in foul trouble but ohio state has like a great last four minutes and completely takes control of the game before halftime that really took the wind out of our sails going in the second half yeah i mean there were just the ohio state really pushed maryland the way that a maryland pushes a lot of teams at home a uh, strong finish to the end of the first half in a close game. That That's always a big push for them. And then they kind of rode the game out. And, and a lot like Maryland, they never fully shut the door. They gave you just enough to hold on. But uh, the foul shots fell at the end of the game, and they kind of ran away with the seven-point win. Uh, that's pretty much my only thing to say about this game. I mean, you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't hurt the Terps that much. A quad one loss on the road. Uh, Maryland's still very highly ranked in the net rankings. The Terps now ranked ninth in the country, fall two spots uh, from last week. Ohio State gains two spots in the poll to 23. I think it's called, like, you know, this team was going to lose. This was not the team yeah. that's going to win every game and, and blow it out. But, you know, and I hate to look this far forward, but given that it's almost already Tuesday when we're recording this, Jordan, Minnesota must win on the road. Uh, but uh, one last thing is, or we're going to talk about the game a little bit more, but one last thing before uh, I throw it back to you is if I had to pick a game for Maryland to lose out of these last five going into the Ohio State game, I would have picked that one at the rack just to give Rutgers 
uh, one final win to polish off their tournament resume. But now I don't see it. I think Maryland sweeps the Final Four, and we're off to the Big Ten tournament as sole regular season champions. Uh, the ball's in our court right now, and it's up to Turgeon and co. to not blow this and lose the Big Ten regular season championship. Because in the history of Maryland, as, as storied a program as the Terps are, and Jordan, I know we talk about this one a lot, they don't really have a lot of regular season conference titles, and especially uh, conference championship titles. Well, that was a function of playing in the ACC, which for most of its history has been the best basketball conference, you know, ever. Um, but that's a different story. Yeah, the second half of this game, getting back to the game, um, half, Ohio State really punches Maryland in the mouth, uh, gets up to a 14-point lead, and the Terps, like, stop the bleeding there. They really do. And that was um, a little bit surprising on my part. But then we had, like, this, geez, I don't even know, like, 16, not not 16, but 14, 12, 14-minute stretch of the Terps, like, just barely falling short of really cutting into the lead. Like, they, keep, they kept it at, like, 8 or 10 forever. Yep. Like, they could not get that next shot, and it was killing me to watch. I know, and then when they finally did, Jordan, uh, I really thought they had the game won. Uh, uh, and I'm going to go down to the, the play that really decided this game. Anthony Cowan drives the lane for what I thought was a certain and one, and and then he gets a tech, and, and that's really the story of this one. Not much else to say. They get that close. They shot their way back into the game, and you can commend them for that because, you know, a game like this come tournament time is very valuable to a team. You're down 13 in the second half. You need to shoot your way back in the game. You get right there. You get right into the face of, of your opponent in a semi-road environment, which you could face come tournament time. You couldn't face. It doesn't really matter. Um, to me, it just helps that it wasn't in your home gym. But you got right there. You were right there in this game, so close to winning it, and it just didn't happen this time. But that's why you have games like this against good teams because it prepares you for the bigger ones come March. That's definitely true, and I feel like if Anthony Cowan did not get a technical foul, which I need to say a technical foul was a horrible call. I do, I just, I'll, I'll get into that later. I'm really going to go on that one. But if Anthony Cowan stays in the game, I think we win the game. I think him not being there, I mean, he's the most clutch playing college basketball, in my opinion. Like, he, him not being on the floor really destroyed Maryland's offensive flow and just took just all the, I'm not going to take the fight out of them because they're hung in the game for a while still, but it really hurt their chances to win. Yeah, and, you know, looking back on this game, it just kind of gets me upset all over again. It's one that you just kind of chalk up to it is what it is. You know, Cowan obviously didn't mean to kick Caleb Weston, I believe. It wasn't Andre, it was Caleb, uh, in the back of the head, and, and you can just kind of move on. You know, Turgeon, I think, put it best. Uh, it was one of those plays, and I don't really say that Turgeon puts things best a lot of the time, but he pretty much said, you know, it's one of those, to quote Jay Gruden, bang, bang plays, and you know it just happened the way it happened, and oh, you know, you just kind of got to move on. That's true. It just kind of sucks because he didn't even touch his head. It just I don't understand. No, it did. Come on. It, you know, there was contact made with a foot to the head, and, you know, to look at that and say that any – you know, and then you get the one later in the game where the guy's pulling Scott's jersey from the back. If you want to be a textbook about, basketball referee thumper, then that is also a technical foul. And you just got to call it both ways because that puts Maryland right back in the face of the game, too. It's just it didn't go our way this time. And it's gone our way plenty of times in the Big Ten, and it hasn't plenty of times. But refereeing shouldn't really decide basketball games. In this case, it kind of did. And that's unfortunate. But as a team and as a group, 
and I think this is very important to say because I think as a team and as a group, many times before we haven't done this, is to recollect ourselves because we got another road game, 9 o'clock at night in a not an easy environment to play in in Minnesota. It's going to be cold when they get off the plane. It's going to be cold when they get off the bus, Jordan. Um, come Wednesday night, they got to be ready to go, and they got to they have to come out now. Now they have to come out and show something nationally because they just got punched in the mouth, and everyone seems to know that Maryland's kind of a flimsy program. Well, now you got to go out and you got to beat a team by twenty and really show who made up. Because Jordan, everybody wants to point at Maryland, and say they're the same flimsy old team that we've seen over the past five years. They're not the best team in the Big Ten. You hear that one from Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon this past week. You got to prove it. It's time. Well, yeah, you do. You have to prove it here, and. That, that's what it is. Yeah, you have to prove it. That's time we lost on the road. I'm sure everybody remembers. Um, we lost. We played Iowa. We got blown out. We went and lost to Wisconsin in a game that's still the worst loss in your schedule. You have to win this one. I have some issues with the way Maryland was treated in the uh, polls after this one because I don't – Duke jumped Maryland. And I, I don't, it's not even that – not like Duke here. It's there's a I have a very sensitive bias on this one because – Duke lost NC State by 20 points. NC State, who barely is in the tournament right now, to 20 points in the road. Maryland loses to Ohio State by eight, and all of a sudden we're lower than them in the poll. Hey, seven. That one. At least get that right. Seven? Uh, Every point uh, counts point when you're arguing than, against Duke, Jordan. Well, that proves my point further. Then. That was a I, – I really almost swore there. That was a horrible – like, that was unforgivably bad. I don't think – that that one should have occurred. And they're also below them in the largest bracket now. Um, yeah, but all the more motivation you have. You got to go out there. You got to beat Minnesota. Minnesota um, is on the edge of firing their coach. They are not in a great spot right now. You, you should and you can and you will beat them. I have total faith they're going to beat Minnesota. But you got to do it still. And I really hope they do. Yep, really quick before we uh, sign off on this podcast, quick look at Minnesota's season. Uh, early season losses to, and these are three games in a row, Oklahoma, Butler, and Utah kind of set the stage for the uh, Golden Gophers. They then dropped one to DePaul, uh, win against Clemson. Then they got into that middle stage, uh, those two Big Ten games. They dropped both of them to Iowa and Ohio State, respectively. Or never mind, they beat Ohio State. Uh, they then came back, beat an Oklahoma State team that's done decent this year. Uh, and then Big Ten play, they kind of been up and down. You know, they started off uh, the full Big Ten play with a loss to Purdue, uh, beat a Michigan team that's fairly good, beat a Penn State team that's actually doing very well. Uh, but as time's gone around, they've lost some close ones, lost by six in the rematch to Penn State, lost by three this past or two weeks ago to Iowa. Uh, the ball just doesn't seem to have uh, bounced little Richie Patino's way uh, this season so far. Yeah, and if you look at their last nine games, they've lost six of them. So they're not in super hot. They blew the crap out of Northwestern. Um, what day was that? Yesterday? Yesterday. Um, so this Maryland game is going to be big for them. They have a chance to claw their way back and then see a tournament. Yeah, that's what I was us. just going to throw out there. Uh, a home game against Maryland, a roader against uh, Wisconsin, a road against Indiana, and a home win against Nebraska can put the Gophers right on the bubble going into it. But they need these four games. They're lucky enough to have the minutes, I mean, the Wisconsin and Indiana ones on the road. Uh, definitely two big games for them. But they need this Maryland win if they want to be in the conversation come uh, selection Sunday. And they're probably going to need some help in the Big Ten tournament, to be honest, but these last four are kind of important. Or they're, they're yeah. live or die at this point. Yeah, they are. And that's always, it's always dangerous when you're playing a desperate team on the road. 
and hopefully Maryland has that same fire and desperation that Minnesota will. Um, it's going to be a late game for all the uh, East Coasters out there. Uh, 9 p.m. start, 8 p.m. Central, so it's going to be late for me too, I guess, or at least relatively for Maryland. Um, but expecting not a great crowd at Minnesota. Look at the tickets earlier. They're not doing too hot with those. Um, Minnesota's a hockey school in the winter, so that's what it is. Look, this is a game you got to beat. You got to bring all the same fire that Minnesota's going to have. I'm seeing the Terps win, though. Remember, Jalen Smith had his best game at, to that point at Minnesota last year. That was also the game that Mark Turner broke out the zone that we've seen quite a lot since then. So hopefully the Terps have that same uh, good vibe mentality they did last time. Um, but looking past Minnesota, you have Michigan State at Rutgers at Michigan. Then we're done. Um, here's a weird thing that I just kind of realized. I'm assuming Rutgers is sold out, but Michigan and Michigan State are sold out at Xfinity Center. So this might be the last non-sold out regular season game of the year for Maryland. Yeah, I think it will be. Minnesota really struggling. The tickets, I actually just pulled it up on my computer, really struggling for ticket sales for this game. Yeah. A lot of empties. Uh, we'll be in the barn for this one. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Jordan, prediction before we uh, sign off. <sighs> um, I'm looking at Minnesota's schedule again. They do tend to be a little bit of a low-scoring uh, team in terms of defense. A good defense is what I mean by that. So I'm going to say Maryland wins 70-52. to 52. Terps get the good times rolling again, going to Michigan State, get the good energy back. And, uh, like, I had faith in this Maryland team. And I know yep. I've said that a while. Definitely. But the biggest indicator for me is, do you remember, in like, after that Wisconsin game, I, I think I told, talking to you about this, Mason, there could be somebody else, um, that I was saying, like, it feels like we've been through three seasons already. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think they're right there, but... Uh, I'm going to pick it before you actually uh, finish what you were saying. Uh, I got the Terps taking down the Golden Gophers 70-62. to 62. So I'll give, keep you with Maryland at the same score, but I think Minnesota gets a little bit closer than that, just being a desperation game and all. Oh, what I was going to say is since that happened, since that Wisconsin game, we hit this nine-game win streak. It felt like the season just flown by for me. Um, been a really fun year. Hopefully we can stick the landing here, but I think we're going to do it. And hopefully we will carry a four-year winning streak in Indianapolis and be carrying the banner of regular season titles for the first time in Big Ten history for the Terps. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? And, well, it's another game and, a, and another one the Terps need to pull out in the barn on Wednesday night. We'll be back after that with a special guest uh, coming to you on Thursday. And until then, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Allied Party Rentals in Beltsville, Maryland, for all of your party rental needs. Big or small, Allied is your place to go. And Viner Four Gates in Rockville for all of your business IT needs. Viner Four Gates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. And as always, thanks for listening.